These are the stories of The 116, a podcast from the heart of the First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, Illinois. This is where belief becomes action and action brings hope. Here's your host, Greg Fish. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Stories from The 116 coming to you from First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, Illinois. And uh, this this podcast is kind of already at, at our young podcast age, an unexpected one, because episode one was such a great experience, but we realized there were there were more stories. So we have invited back for one more time here on episode three, uh, Julie Ross and Amy Zools to tell us uh, just a few more things that were impactful about their recent trip to Liberia. So the, the, the purpose of this podcast is to share the heart behind the stories of what we do as a church. And one of the hard things that you guys were talking about after we finished the first one was the impact of God's spirit in this place. And my question to you was, uh, in America, the, the enemy has it so easy at times with us, uh, but yet we don't see sometimes the spiritual extremes because we just kind of stay blandly in the middle. What did you experience there in Liberia in the church there? We'll tell the story of the driver's ants. Okay. So we were at um, the home of our friends, the Davidsons, who are missionaries in Liberia. And we had just, it was our first night there. We had just sat down for dinner. They had just put the food out on the table. And they glanced out the window and noticed that their home was Mm. under attack from driver ants. (laughs) I didn't really actually know how serious this was. And thankfully, Pastor Tim didn't tell me till like three days ago. Apparently, driver ants can actually devour a cow in a field. So, Yeah, they're bad. That's bad news. Yeah, they're bad. I didn't know any of this. Well, anyway, the driver ants attacked at a pretty pivotal time of a conversation. And I really, it, it took me a few days, but I just realized last week that the enemy was so trying to keep that conversation mm-hmm. from happening where encouragement would take place and, and compassion and understanding. And it was at that very time that conversation was about to happen, the ants attacked. Wow. It was the craziest thing. To the Lord's mercy, he made a way. He made a way for all of that to still happen. Mm-hmm. But it was a very vivid reminder that the mm-hmm. enemy is real. Mm-hmm. The thing I remember about that conversation was Pastor Tim had a moment where he was talking to the Davidsons and it was just pastoral care. Mm-hmm. The three of us just pulled back and watched and we saw Tim minister to them, be a pas- pastor to them, where they have been serving somewhat in isolation without pastoral care and God provided it for them that evening. And then two days later, before we left, Tim had brought a little bottle of grape juice and we had some fresh break bread and we had a beautiful communion time, wow. refreshing time with the Davidsons overlooking the forests of Liberia. It was just so encouraging. And that wasn't, we weren't sent to Liberia to do that, but we were all open to whatever God was leading us. And it was beautiful to see God care for his children. Mm-hmm. through Pastor Tim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that in the American church, we can be so guilty at times of 
diminishing the power of the Holy Spirit among us and what he wants to do. How did you see that demonstrated in the way the people worshipped and and, uh, welcomed you into worship? I always love worshiping in Liberia because what I feel like I'm witnessing is the joy of the Lord mm-hmm. in in movement mm-hmm. and in, in, in singing. And, you know, you played that clip on our first podcast, Greg, of the singing. I, Liberians just worship and sing in a way that's so powerful. And when they give their offerings, plural, mm-hmm. because there's usually at least three and I think Dan found himself in six of them that Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they dance their way up the aisle. They dance as they um, keep their fist clenched over whatever they're giving and subtly drop it in the basket, and they dance their way back to their seats. Wow. Yeah, we're playing a little bit of that clip again for the folks who may have missed it. By the way, go back and listen to the first episode as well. If, if you're just checking in at, at episode three, be sure and listen to the first one and the second one uh, where we're talking with uh, Pastor Tim and Dan as well, who also went on the trip to Liberia with you. Uh, and for those who are joining us for the first time on this, the, the purpose behind this was was kind of just cut and dry that you were going to find out, is this a place where our uh, resource investment would be a um, a, a good thing, but I, I get the feeling that there was something so much more at work than just simply saying, is this a good investment of our resources? So we were sent to the village of Kosen because we had sent money to build a school. And so we were supposed to go there and meet the people and then come up with a vision. We were called a vision team, not a mission team. And every evening we had a processing time and Julie would lead us and ask us questions. And I remember that day dreading the processing time because I did not have an answer. I didn't know where God was leading us. I didn't have a clear vision. I didn't know if this was, I just didn't know. I didn't know what to recommend or what our answer would be. And as we sat through that time, it was beautiful because it turns out none of us had an idea but each of us in the conversation added a piece we said a word that made us go and we had a complete vision from our four different perspectives and then we were supposed to meet with reverend yankee who's the district superintendent and a missionary helen the next morning to talk about our vision but it got postponed the next day it got postponed the next day it didn't happen and then finally we realized we need to go to senequelli which we talked about in the first episode Mm -hmm. and then we met with them the next morning and the vision never changed the four pieces that we had put together to come up with one vision was the exact same but because we went to senequelli it was deeper and richer and we understood it more fully so again we People were praying for us while we were gone. I had great sleep. Our stomachs, for the most part, survived some strange food. God's grace was so heavy upon this trip. And for his gift of just giving us this vision, when we were confused, God knew what he was doing. He sent us there, and he accomplished what he, he accomplished it. Mm-hmm. We, I just, to sit in the sovereignty of God and to know I am on this Jeep right now, bumping along this road, because this is where God wants me to be right at this moment <laughs> for this purpose. Right, let's do it. Bring on the ants. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, now that you're back here, I, I can't help but wonder too, 
because this is something that clicks into my mind. If I were in your shoes, I would look at what you're seeing here in our church and, and thinking, we need to get over this and get into the business of what God is actually doing. Am I catching on to something that maybe this trip has brought alive in you? It's always hard to come back. It's, it's hard to come back to America's affluence. It's hard to come back to not dancing to give our offering. It's hard to come back to comfort and feel like I can still be as clearly led by God because I think sometimes we're too comfortable on our recliners. I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. And then am I, I feel like I hear God's spirit more clearly when I'm not comfortable. Mm. Yeah. I, what was interesting for me is we are saving for college. So in my brain, around $100,000 to send a kid to college. I know it's not enough, but let's just pretend I could somehow come up with that. Okay. But to send a kid to college in Liberia is $4,000. For four years, total, $4,000. And so to look at what we have and to think, well, I could that could buy a lot over there. Um, I would really like a new kitchen, but I can't do it because mm. I can't spend $15,000 on something that's just ugly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it does, there's a lot to process and to not feel guilty. God has sent us, has had us born in America at this time and that's fine. And he sent us to Liberia to see, to form partnerships. We are not a bank account. It is not wrong for me to send my children to college in America. But these are good questions to be asking. Gotcha. I think I, more than any previous trip, I've come to understand how few students in Liberia are actually able to go to university. Mm-hmm. And because of that, just how important our nursing scholarship program is. So at any given time, we have anywhere from two to four students that we're sponsoring to get their bachelor's degree. And by the time we know of them, because of the way we've got the process set up, they, they've completed three of their eight semesters, $500 per semester. So by the time they enter our scholarship program, um, to, to get a student from when they enter the program with us through their bachelor's degree, we pay $2,500. $2,500 for a bachelor's degree. Now, granted, they've already had to come up with $1,500, but it, it's, it's so amazing to me the impact that can make. So we met Charles Etta. Charles Etta, when she was in working on her bachelor's degree, is the student our missions team knows as our 4.0 girl. She had the highest GPA going through the program for the longest time. We met her on this trip and we interviewed her. We actually sat behind her at worship um, on a Monday morning at Ganta Hospital. They start every day in the chapel with worship. And Charles Etta now is working not only at Ganta Hospital, but she's also working at the School of Nursing um, in the skills lab. And so I think our $2,500 investment has absolutely changed the direction of Charles Etta's life. And she's one of the students we referred to on the first podcast who now has come to a saving relationship with Jesus. Wow. Yeah. So 
it's so amazing to just think that our somewhat meager investment, $2,500 per student, can make such a huge impact. And um, I'm thinking, Amy, about the night when Caroline, mm -hmm. a former nursing scholarship student, came to visit us at the guest house. The, the dean of the School of Nursing, Clinton, had called me, and he said, Julie, Caroline is at my home, and she has gifts for you. Can I bring her to the guest house? Will you be home? It was kind of funny for me to say, yes, we'll be home. <laughs> Guess so. It was home, but anyway, it struck me funny in the moment. Caroline came, and she shared her story with us. She shared of how when she did her first two semesters in Monrovia, how she sold Nimba County honey in order to help earn money for her tuition. But then when she came back to Ganta to do her next semester, which is in Nimba County, nobody wanted to buy her honey anymore because they could get their own. It wasn't a novelty anymore. And she didn't know how she was going to earn the money to pay for her schooling. And it was around that time Clinton told her about our scholarship program. When she came to visit us that night, she brought gifts of lapa, which is the traditional Liberian fabric. And she had had dresses made for Amy and I and shirts with hats made for Pastor Tim and Dan. Oh, my. And she presented us with these gifts, which Amy and I were talking later. Was at least a month's salary. At least a month's salary. Mm -hmm. But the most beautiful conversation, um, part of that conversation that night, was when Tim looked, Pastor Tim looked at her and he said, Caroline, I can imagine a day in heaven where the four of us will be walking down the streets and somebody comes to us and says, thank you. And we look at them quizzically and say, we don't know you. And they say, no, but you helped Caroline get her education. And because of her, she saved my life. And as a result of having my life saved, I had an opportunity to meet Jesus. And that's why I'm here. Yeah, and we wondered what life she would save that, or she would teach someone how to save that would then transform Liberia. We just don't know what God's doing, but he is working there, and we got to see it. And you know, I've often said the biblical pattern is that God blesses the one to bless the many and blesses the many to bless the one. I wonder if we're guilty sometimes of just thinking when we give of the front end of the gift and we miss the... Uh, the outflow of that into generations ahead, that this is a needed resource in this country to have people who are both educated in, in medical practices, but also uh, doing so with the power of Jesus on them. Yeah. And I was just going to say, when I was talking about just what money differences, I feel so privileged that I am in America, that we have the opportunity to then give to Liberia. I felt the responsibility, but the privilege. Mm. It was a great gift. When you talk about um, just we don't see what the outflow, if you will, going to the Ganta School of Nursing was seeing that outflow. Clinton said, he's the dean of students, he said, there is not much here that does not have the fingerprints of First United Methodist Church on it. And he showed us where they were originally meeting, and it was a tiny little school, and the school was about to close. But because of connections with Peoria, the school is now a beautiful oasis. Is a great way to talk about it. You, the gate opens to the Ganta School of Nursing, and it's clean, it's neat, it's organized, it's growing, it's happy. People are learning, and 
we'd walk into one room and there would be stamped or painted on the side of a computer gift from Peoria First United Methodist Church. Oh you my. walk into another one and he'd say, look at these chairs you bought us. You walked into another one and wow. he said, look at these books. These are the only books in all of Liberia that talk about the care of for aging people. And we have it because you brought it. The school is thriving now because of the gifts over the past 10 years or so. It, we got to see what God is doing and then to find out that there is eternal fruit from it. And that's just what we know of. One of the students, she became a believer because she was staying at the dorms that the Adelphian class helped rebuild. They were falling apart and there were students who had bad living situations. And so they wanted them to have a safe place to study and so they built these dorms. Well, she became a believer because of the Bible studies or chapel time in the dorms. The Adelphians were just trying to keep people physically safe. They had no idea that people would go to heaven because of this gift. <laughs> wow. You know, and, and I'm over here thinking on one hand, the, the, the purpose of this podcast isn't we're here to get your money. We want you mm -hmm. to give. But that is the heart of this. Say, look at what we have that is making such a huge difference. I mean, we, we want to do great things. We can do that. But I would say it's cooperating with where God is working. It is not, we are not a bank account. We are not throwing money away or throwing money at a problem trying to solve it. We are seeing mm. where God is at work. What is yes. he doing? Where is he calling us to work? Let's, let's work with God. And it, you know, it really works well at the School of Nursing because we know the dean, Clinton Ziantu. He was here for our GIC in 2018. We've worked with him as their dean for probably four years now. We trust him. He's a man of integrity. We know that when we say we have three scholarships available, that he will work with his team to select the three most worthy students. They have requirements based on um, an agreement that we've drawn up with Clinton that they um, will stay and work at the Ganta Hospital or at another United Methodist clinic following graduation as, as a, a, essentially a thank you for the scholarship. And so we, we have somebody there that we can trust, and we are meeting God where he's already working in that. Um, so this year when we do our winter harvest um, through most of the month of March, all of the funds that we collect during that time will be going to scholarships at the School of Nursing. And this is the first year we've had a 100% focus on the School of Nursing for our winter harvest. We, there are so many awesome stories to tell, and I hope mm -hmm. nobody misses worship in March because every, every Sunday in March there's going to be a video um, from our time there that we, that we created. Um, where we interviewed the students and they were telling their story and what the scholarships meant to them. Yeah. It, we think when we give a scholarship, we're just giving them money, but it wasn't. We were giving them hope. We were giving them an education. We are giving them a future, a way to take care of their family, a way to meet God. It was, it is so much more than just here's $500. Wow. Yeah. And to see that, that, part of the result that's going on, the impact that it, it makes on you. And I, I realize that it's hard sometimes to live vicariously through that. H how do we, how do we uh, not just think about put our resources there, but how do we get our heart 
into projects like these when in our country we can get so lost and it happens to me every day get so lost in what's what's going wrong with greg that i forget there are people around the world who would love to have just a fraction of what god has placed around me here how do we get our hearts in the in the right shape for this I think take advantage of the mission opportunities that are provided at the church. When there's a missions dinner, show up and listen to these stories. When there are the GIC, which is our missions conference, attend as much as possible. What was funny going to Liberia was that I didn't know most of those people. And Julie would say, well, they were at the GIC. Well, I was focused on other countries. I wasn't focused on Liberia. I had no idea God was going to yeah. say, well, in a year, you're going to meet them again. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just say there are so many opportunities at this church. Take advantage of them. And who knows where God will lead you, where God is working, and that he wants you to partner with him. So will there be teams going back to Liberia in the future? I don't see how we couldn't. I We have to. Yeah. We have to. Because this is a partnership. It is not sending money. This is a relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you just a fun Clinton story. Maybe the boys will share it or share it. But um, we were sitting around one day, one evening, Clinton was over, and Dan had wanted some tonic water, tonic water, which helps with when he gets, I guess his hands cramp or something Mm -hmm. and he couldn't find it. We had been at the store today and he couldn't find it. Well, Clinton was there and we were talking and he was on his phone and we didn't think anything of it. And then he's on his phone again and we didn't really think anything of it. He's not a rude person. So it kind of surprised me he was on his phone, but he's a busy man. Sure. He leaves and he comes back in with tonic water. He had called someone to go pick up tonic water and to bring it to Dan to take care of Dan. What a gentleman. And that is the type of person we're working with in Liberia. It's a friendship. It's a relationship. Sure. That is just a beautiful story. Well, I thank you so much for making time for this bonus episode. And I'm sure that once we cut the mics, you'll have 10 more stories you (laughs) could have told. So I guess the trick is, first of all, connect with Julie Rolfs and Amy Zuhl's and uh, say, tell me about it. And as, as, as Julie has said on, on social media, don't just say, what was the question? How was your trip? How was your trip? <laughs> what, what, what can they ask you, Julie? Ask us the funniest moment. Ask us the hardest moment. Ask us about the best relational moment. Ask us to tell us a story. Tell us yeah. a story. Beautiful. There is an endless list of stories. And I just want to say, Greg, my prayer partner told me before the trip that humor would be the cushion of grace that God would pour into our team. Oh, I like that. And she was right. So when I say ask about the funniest moment, I probably can't actually tell you because what happens in Africa stays in Africa, <laughs> but there are plenty of funny ones we can tell you. Okay, good stuff. I, I've, I've heard of a few already, but I'm sure, again, there's even more than that I don't even want to know. Um, <laughs> Hey, folks, listen, this has been fun being with you again for episode three. Check out our show notes on the website. We'll have pictures from the trip, uh, a few of those pictures. And be sure and like and share this uh, podcast on social media. That's how we get this story out. That's how we get the stories of the 116 out. You know, by the way, why this is stories of the 116? It's our address. It's our address. Mm -hmm. And, uh, okay, so the stories that come from this this zone, this area, uh, 
this is the best way to share them. Make your comments on social media and uh, uh, tell people why the stories mean something to you. And let's uh, get these stories from the 116 out there. Well, thank you both very much once again. What a delight and privilege to have you here with us today. You've been listening to the stories of the 116 from our studio at First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, Illinois. You can find the show notes or contact us with your questions and comments through our website at www.fumcpeoria.org.